Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the NBA Roadshow, episode number 208. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. What? Hello. Finally Whoa. back together. I don't even want to sit down and do the math and figure it out. It feels like it's been a while, though. It has been a while. I feel like we've done some shows. Well, you've been on the road. Been on the road, man. I've been on the road. It has been a while. Not this week, though. We are in beautiful Las Vegas. I want to say the last one. The cold coffee. I was going to say the last one. Didn't we do it at uh, B Dubs? Oh, that was the last one. Would have been a B Dubs. That means it was after. Was it the week of 235? It'd have to be 235 because I want to say it was during UFC event. Boy, that was really only like three weeks ago. It just feels like a long long time ago. In we do the, this show every week. In the world of mixed martial arts, that is a long well, time. And the fact that we do this every week, so the fact that, yeah, we weren't there. So, yeah. It even got to the point where I noticed on the last episode, you didn't even say I wasn't even there. I know. I, you know what's funny? It's been that long since <laughs> I haven't done it with you that you forgot I sometimes do this show with you. Nobody's listening. I was like, ah, people are tired of hearing me say cold coffee's not here. It's because he's never here. It's he's so never true. here anymore. Well, and you know what? We did a good job of cranking out a couple and a half episodes. So instead of just two episodes, yeah. it was like four episodes. So yeah. that's right. It did feel like a little bit, did feel like probably a little bit longer. So you had guys with much better accents. Sorry, sir. I, I will apologize that yes. I, I I didn't leave you out. You were always in my heart, bro. <laughs> always in my heart. But I will say, uh, yeah, I can't know, believe you didn't have Kamikaze on there once while you were over in London. I don't think he really likes doing the. That's why he should be on. Oh, I got to get him on there and make him uncomfortable. <laughs> got to make him uncomfortable. I think he basically like while we sit there and do the podcast, he, he kind of tries to make up work. He's not even really editing. He just fake make it look like he's video editing. He's like looking at porn or something. Totally. Simon Head killed it though, man. I was happy Simon to have Simon Head uh, in the house, man. He ended up making his MMA yeah. Junkie radio debut this week to talk about UFC London as oh, well. That's so that's right. I did see that. Yeah, no, it was cool, man. So we missed you in London, but I'm glad to be here in the Costa yeah. Coffee. Now, even though we are chilling at home in Las Vegas, just in case you're worried that the MMA Junkie coverage is not going to be that good this weekend because we're chilling at home. Don't you worry. We got you covered. Mike Bond is in Nashville for UFC on ESPN Plus 6. And Matt Erickson is in Thackerville, Oklahoma for Boom. Bellator. No one else is there. But no we one else is in Thackerville, Oklahoma. But we got again, you covered. You're right. You're right. When you said it's not, you you were saying that you weren't. You were worried that people thought that the coverage wouldn't be so good. Right. That it's true. It's just we'll still have coverage. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> shots fired! Ah, shots fired! Wow! No, but I'm yeah, I mean, it's yourself. funny. I'll, like poor, uh, poor uh, Bon and uh, Erickson, like literally. Uh, even though today at Media Day, uh, Bond had some company, but poor dude's just been sitting oh, by himself. Oh, at both shows. Yeah, both yeah, shows. Erickson, really I think it's just literally him yeah. you know, as well. And it's really funny. Really like, like media coverage. If nobody hears or watches the event, did it really happen? That's some like metaphysical shit. Like if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, did it really fall? Listen, man. I, <laughs> and I, I, man, and that's one th- I mean, look, it's arguments that we have. But that to me – 
that's that is what gets me interested in the fights is what's happening in the lead up. What are people saying? What are they talking about? I mean, yeah. I love fights. Yeah. But uh, you know, you like the individuals, you like the human beings involved in it, you like to know what they're dealing with. And I agree, yeah. man. When sometimes when a fight card just happens and you don't know anything about what's going on or why they're right. there, it doesn't. It's like one, and especially too when it's happening so much that it's unfortunate that you know people won't just say, oh, okay, you know. Oh, there's a fight this weekend. Let's let's see what's going on about it. You right. know, it's because there's a fight every, every weekend. weekend that they're just like, oh, you know, there's no real big names on this one. I'm I'm gonna maybe take this off, or oh, it's an ESPN Plus. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Yep. Maybe I'm not gonna turn this one on. Um, and it's unfortunate because you're right. I mean, like there could be some seriously just barn burning fights that happen, but when it happens every time, you know. It's just a lot to keep up on. I mean, it's a lot for us. We work in it. We get paid to watch this, and sometimes it just Cars it's sneak unbearable. Up on us. Like I'm like I already know like what I'm doing. Even if I'm not on the road, I know what my weekends like because there's some damn fight that we have to do, which is fine. I get it. It, it pays the bill, but it's like you know it's it's hard to really get excited for events if you don't know like like you said the story of somebody just because there's just so much you know so when you have like some of these fights that are just coming and let alone two in one weekend you're already gonna have people that are split either two ways because if somebody's just like oh maybe i'll watch a little fights sorry bellator a lot of people are probably going to go the espn route you know if there's not a lot of big names on the bellator card but i don't know but i i feel for those guys because i've been on events where it's just and i know you have many times being the only media guy at an event and you see this guy and let alone we'll go out of our way to get some of these early interviews. You do the interview. Oh, hey, we have a open workout. The next day we're going to have interviews and nobody else is there. And it's like, I know I just saw you so, yesterday. So what happened in the last 24 yeah, hours? So what's been going on? And, and and the thing with like with poor Mike on this one, he interviewed, uh, I want to say the guys the same day as the open workout scrums. Right. So literally hours had passed. Had to go interview It wasn't again. even 24 hours. Yeah. And it's like, okay, <laughs> what didn't I already cover in the 10-minute in the interview that I did? Let you me know? follow up on that question we had earlier today. <laughs> what didn't I ask? How's your mom? How's your mom? Let's talk Let's talk your neighbors. How are your neighbors? You know. Don't ask Michael Chiesa about uh, that. What's that? About his mom. What'd you say about my mom? Oh, <laughs> what'd you say about my mom? <laughs> I'm going to slap you. <laughs> So. No, you know what's funny though. Talking about storytelling, I happened to see you today, um, and I want to give some kudos to ESPN, man, for their coverage so far. I mean, of course, they're doing the big pieces, you know, the the, the big Till piece, the big Askren piece, or whatever. But I think they're going out of their way to to make sure they highlight people around the card. I saw uh, Brendan Fitzgerald actually tweet. Uh, that they sat down for for an extended interview with Bryce Mitchell. You know, I'm a big Bryce Mitchell fan, yeah. man. I love Thug Nasty. They did a big sit-down interview with him uh, at safety some, like, first. honky-tonk bar in Nashville or <laughs> oh, something like awesome. that. Yeah, not not a safety first. No, they didn't – I don't think they – well, we'll see. I don't know how much they <laughs> they, they spent talking about his scrotum. Uh, but, you know, what? so I like that they're doing that. I did also see um, – because we got an email about it from their PR department, but that they're doing an E60 piece this Sunday on Michelle Watterson. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I know that's not like way down the card, yeah. but but at least it's it, I mean, it's easy to go. Hey, man, I mean, because ESPN has all these financial resources, right? They've got all you know the skill and talent in terms of like video production and television production, and it's easy to go. Well, let's talk about the main event because yeah. of course everybody's talking about the main event, but. Man, when you can sneak a little further down the card and start identifying those other names, you know, I think you give people a reason to learn. Because as, as we're talking about this whole time, you just can't, as an as an as an average consumer of this sport, even as a hardcore consumer of the sport, you can't know all these people unless 
it's like us. It's our job. Like it's literally our job to know everybody on the card. And even and even then, it's hard for us. So if yeah. you can pick people, I can't even and, do that. and highlight stories. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's key. Just, it's literally a, it would be a full time job just to research the people on the card, oh, let yeah. alone try to actually have a life and do whatever. Oh, like you well, would, you'd see, have to nonstop. There's there's where I beat you, yeah. sir. There's where I was able to accomplish. I said life, life. I don't life. need a life. Yeah, I'm get rid of a life. It's it's crazy, but yeah, no, I mean, when it comes to the budget of what uh, ESPN has and the resources, they use a lot of freelancers. They use a lot of people um, in the towns, mm-hmm. in the areas where they go. Um, a lot of times, they'll find producers or somebody out there, you know, somebody that sort of put it together. So they have great crews that they're able to get, and I mean, the money behind what they're able to do. I mean, they put out some incredible stuff. But when it comes to like the karate hottie, I mean, that's almost like low hanging fruit. They're not they're not picking some no name, you know, chump to to not cover. I mean like good on them. I mean, but she has such a cool story she and does. she is just as bubbly and as energetic as anybody. Her, her personality is that's the kind of person you want to throw out there and I think on photogenic their, of course. Of course, yeah, very beautiful, photogenic. Yep. Beautiful. But also like if ESPN wants to attract a, a certain um group of their already viewers to pay attention to something else why not throw somebody like her out there and that's also it's going to reach out to female viewers that maybe haven't bought in yet to the to the whole mma thing i mean she's a perfect candidate i mean well they're very very smart and and picking the right people and i think it's the same thing with bryce bryce is another oh he's great good looking kid you know he's got a, a I, I love his funny accent. person his accent's his pena- hilarious personality his accent i mean like and his openness, especially even about the whole accident, which is one of the most embarrassing things that could possibly happen. But he, he braced it by the horns and just took it. And uh, and you love him all the more for it, you know. So, I mean, kudos on them for doing that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to them start really looking and finding some of the hidden gems. But I guess – that's why junkies able to exist. You know, let right. us. That could be our thing, you know, cause, which has uh, always kind of been our you thing. You know what? Fair play. You know, in second thought. I hate what ESPN is doing. Have I mentioned how <laughs> silly it is for them to – they really just need to hone in on the main event. Hone in on the main What are you people? guys doing wasting your time down the card? <laughs> hone in on that main yeah. event. Leave something for the junkies <laughs> out there. Uh, that's too funny. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. If, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, so this Cage Mom, and, and you're right. I mean, they did take a different route, which I think is kind of what you're alluding to. Um, we got this message from ESPN PR uh, this Sunday – on ESPN E60, it airs at 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN and 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. So if you want to see this, it's called Cage Mom. Uh, and here's a little synopsis. Eight years ago, Michelle Waterson was still in the early stages of her professional MMA career when USC President Dana White famously declared that no women would ever fight in the USC. Around that same time, she learned that she was going to have a baby. But instead of ending her career, baby Araya gave Waterson the one thing she didn't realize she was missing, a reason to fight. Today, Watterson, known as the Karate Hottie, is the UFC's ninth-ranked strawweight, and she's among six fighters who are mothers to crack the top ten. She sat down with E60's Tisha Thompson to talk about how she balances motherhood and her professional fighting career and why she's decided to allow her now eight-year-old daughter to watch every one of her fights, no matter how gruesome they can be. So uh, something, you know, yeah. not just her career, but her family and her, and yeah. her child. The, 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 the trailer for it is really cool. If you, have, if you want to see the trailer, I put up a little post the other day about – uh, Dana White buying a thousand Girl Scout cookie boxes for Michelle Waterson's daughter. So there's a little oh, post on the blue corner, and I put, I embedded the preview in there. So it's a nice hookup for your kids' uh, brownie squad or what do they call them? Girl, well, it's just Girl Scouts. Then are they not? Oh, are, aren't aren't the younger are you a brownie? Are the younger ones 
I thought they were like brownies. So maybe you're still brownie at eight years old. Maybe they got rid of that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Well, if you want to see if you want to see the preview, uh, the the story, and it's still on MMA Junkie right now, is uh, turns out Dana White is actually a pushover. Gets hooked for a thousand boxes of Girl Scout cookies. How do you say no to Karate Hottie? It was his daughter. <laughs> Did you not? See? So her daughter posted a little video, yeah. and she gave a little sales pitch. It's worth check check yeah. out the post if you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, no, brownies at the Girl Scouts are the brownie brownies. I think where they maybe start grades two and three. Okay, so she's brownie, probably still a brownie. Oh wow, I'm looking at grade level daisies, brownies, juniors, cadets, seniors, and ambassadors. That's on the Girl Scouts. And this is why you listen to the MMA Roadshow. Yeah. Because you don't know you what the know. ranks of Girl Scouts are. Know. And you were you thinking didn't know yourself. A, a Daisy was kindergarten to first grade. What is the rank of Girl Scout? You were thinking you about that. You want to know what a junior? That's grade four through five. Cadets, six through eight. Seniors, nine to ten. Yeah. Ambassadors, 11 to 12. Then they're just getting old. Then it gets awkward. And they're like, <laughs> they find boys. And then they're like, jailbait. Sorry, girls. <laughs> Sorry, Girl Scouts. Sorry, uh, little brownies. <laughs> too funny. We're going to go be women. All right. Well, as much as the Girl Scouts are big news this week, let's talk about what has become the big story this week. TJ Dillashaw Oof. voluntarily relinquishing his UFC title joins uh, Boss Rudin, Frank Shamrock, and George St. Pierre as fighters to vacate their title. So if you're looking for a little trivia knowledge, there you go. Um, you know, he came out early the other morning before the New York State Athletic Commission could issue a statement and said, uh, you know, he, he was voluntarily giving up. He wanted to inform his fans, you know, first before they heard it through any other way. Um, and honestly, I think that's a good play, man. I know it was only hours before, and, and I know it's fairly – I don't want to say – yeah, it's fairly transparent what, hours what he's doing the, here, the, before the, the statement came out. Yeah, so well, I mean – And it's funny because they only said it because he said it. Well, that's why USADA said it. But right. New York State Athletic Commission, oh, gotcha. they would have said it either way. You're gotcha, right. You're gotcha. right about USADA. So he beat the uh, New York State Athletic Commission. But but I don't think it was a bad play. Now, the, the important thing to remember here, we still don't know what the substance is. And and we've asked, trust me, uh, myself, you know, Stephen Morocco, you can always count on him to do some hardcore reporting, man. He's been digging in there trying to find out. Uh, we haven't been able to find out what it is. We won't know what it is until USADA is done with their investigation. The assumption, of course, is that it's a diuretic. With TJ cutting down to 125 pounds, mm. it would seem to be a diuretic. Would probably <coughs> be more. I mean, and that's just a guess. You know what I'm saying? Again, that's no knowledge. That's no information. Mm -hmm. But I think the the smart play, a guy is cutting down for the first time, it's a diuretic. But man, talking about ESPN pieces, you see the the, the preview that they did, and and uh, if you don't remember, there's screen caps of it floating around now. But there's these images. Of, of TJ sitting in front of a table with just bottles and bottles and bottles of supplements right. that he said was a huge part of his dietary regimen. So That's from a sponsor, right? I'm not saying that it is. are all sponsored? Yeah, I think so, or things that he had worked with. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that's it either. But So, again, I think the primary assumption would be diuretic. But then you see all those pills and you think, man. Maybe a tainted supplement yeah. is in there. Maybe We've something happened. So many times now where guys have, like, had tainted supplements from an actual supplier. Right. You know, so, I mean, could be. I mean, That's why I say just reserve judgment yet. I mean, I don't know if New York would have Probably given him two years. Picks. 
Probably not the dick pills. You just had a kid. I'm, probably, I'm sure things are working. Probably can't use that defense. <laughs> uh, only John Jones gets to use that one, right? That one's taken. That can't one's taken. That been one done. Anymore. Been, been done. done. You like, can ah, use that one. Come on, man. Um, so we'll see. So I, I guess I'm just saying to everybody, reserve judgment. Because I've seen a lot of people posting pictures and saying, yep, see the muscles, PEDs. He's definitely taking steroids, no question about it. And I'm not saying it, maybe he was. Yeah. But I, I don't know. And, and I don't know that – Taking a diuretic makes it any better. You're still cheating. Right. But I do think we have this kind of association with steroids as being just com- completely wrong. Whereas a diuretic, wrong, but maybe we maybe we look at you a little less fun. Yeah, like they're like, oh, is a diuretic really helping you perform? Right. Or is it just literally letting you literally just getting deplete water yourself? Out of your body, yeah. You know? um, and again, right. and it could be a tainted supplement. It could be a tainted supplement. And Listen, I hate the tainted supplement defense, so let me say that. I'm, it's not like I'm saying, Brian, man, can you believe all these tainted supplements that these guys – no, yeah. there's a lot of people who have just said tainted supplement. But when you see the amount of bottles that that guy was, I was taking – And I think I've seen that. Oh. I think I saw that picture, and you're absolutely right. I mean, like, like without knowing – I mean, like, who wouldn't want to be able to receive free product – product that you can you know even if it's stuff that you've used in the past and you you trust the company and you're willing to put your name behind it you're willing to put it out there to your instagram followers you you have this complete trust of what's supposed to be you know that what you're giving is good and that that it's legit but you know we all know that shit can happen with with companies things can get lax on their end maybe what was good at one point maybe you know they're they're not really being stringent on their safety measures, and maybe something has slipped through. I mean, I just think in in my personal dealings with him and, and seeing his work ethic and and things of that sort, I don't see him ever wanting to have the need to take right? something that would enhance his performance. He's already a stud. I'm glad you said that because I, I mean, feel like, the same way, and I'm I not trying to make excuses it. for the guy, yeah. but I think about it too. When you're around him, I mean, he just doesn't seem like the guy yeah. that would set that. He up. doesn't look like a guy that that would want a shortcut. I mean, looking that, for the easy way out, right? Looking for, looking the, for the easy, easy way, out. way out. Like, I can see it. Now, now he's hyper-competitive. He's hyper-competitive. So, would right. he be looking for every edge? See, that's why I keep bouncing. This is a guy, I think, that believed completely 100% that he would not need an edge to beat Henry Cejudo. I think if somebody's really trying to take something, they feel like they need that edge. I, I firmly think he believes that right. he easily could have taken that division on his own. And I just don't think that he would want to. Now, a diuretic... I can see if it gets to a point where he's like, "This is I just this, isn't this is not coming off. It's yeah. not coming off like I thought." I can see where something like that um, in the throes of a weight cut, days out from a, a title fight that might. I can't he see was that. So shredded. I can see that. He was oh. so fucking shredded that I mean, I know we all were wondering how could he possibly get anything else off of his body. <clears throat> And we, like you said, we don't know what it is. I mean, he could have smoked some weed. He could have been hanging out with the Diaz brothers and was, like, smoking something. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate. But I just don't – this is a guy that I feel that if he was inherently a cheater, we would have saw something by now. Yeah. Like, he has never shown me anything that would make him think anything otherwise. So I just don't feel him feeling like he needed the edge because I believe that he felt that he had all the skills. The only thing that was a problem was, like – was was weight. Shedding the weight, and I don't see him wanting to take a, a PD no. for that would cause any other problem. To let alone gain strength, gain muscle. You know. Yeah, it's but. it's funny when you talk to, when you talk to people that really understand the the PED culture and the sporting culture and that sort of thing. Man, they'll tell you that a, a lot of times P, they they feel that people that are on PEDs are mentally weak. You know what I mean? That they feel yeah. like they have to have that stuff to to be successful. And Dillashaw doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. The unfortunate right. thing is. 
he's such a polarizing personality that I think people hate him so bad. There's a section of people that hate him yeah. so bad. I mean, there's a section of people that love him, but there's a section of people that hate him so bad right. that they're like, oh, as soon as you popped, I knew I knew you were cheating. Yeah. I knew you. I knew people, he was. A- yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely an inherent part of human beings. I think where we are jealous animals where there's always a part of us that wants to find some weakness in others to make us feel better when we have our own deficiencies so when we see somebody succeed i think it's hard for us sometimes to not be happy for people so i think there's a group of people out there that just always they're like "Ah, i knew it was too good to be true i knew there was something about this guy you know i mean maybe they just the the way that he you know is a lot of time people have bold brash personalities and people just find that very off-putting at times and so they want to find bad so now for those people that have found tj off-putting for some particular reason now have something to hang their hat on they're like oh i get it i knew something was wrong but maybe you could decode this for me because i i saw uh cody's tweet what did the 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 cup of coffee or tea and the frog i am so happy you said that because as soon as i saw it yeah I, 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 now granted, okay, this whole thing breaks at like 5 a.m. Vegas time. Now I happened to be working that morning, right? So like I had literally just woken up. It was like 4.30 a.m. when I woke up, took a shower, made a cup of coffee, sit down at my desk at 5 a.m. And it comes out at like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh crap. Well, I know what's going on with my day. So, you know, get busy or whatever. I see the tweet and I, I asked Stephen Morocco, I'm like, what does coffee frog mean? What yeah. the hell is that? Uh, but I the saw, Kermit? yes, Is it's it? the okay. Kermit meme, the Kermit sipping tea meme. You know how they have that uh, meme where it's like, just you know, but what does I don't say? get does... involved in all that, you know, and he's sipping the tea. So that's what it was. It was. It Why was, wouldn't he just find that I, the GIF or something? Well, now, now, see, now <laughs> you're you're getting into interesting territory because I don't know. It was so fucking weird. I, I, I was cannot like, have I been the only one it. that didn't understand Coffee Frog. I'm sure everybody. I was like, and I just didn't think about. It. I was like, I looked at it. I was like, huh. Coffee toad, coffee frog. Yes, it was sipping on something. It was explained, and then to I was me just like, I was like, I give up. But then I forgot the about it because I just tea. didn't care. I was just like, okay, that's just fucking weird. Yeah, whatever. Now, d- speaking of Cody, though, did you watch that clip? Because I cut it. You were the one that shot it, and I and I cut it and put it back on social <laughs> no, media. No, I, I saw that, that somebody put it, but I didn't. I didn't yeah, go back to look at it. That bizarre one. Now that's remember that clip. We were at the press conference. Where he pretty it was much that clip he said, oh, he bought the the. Teaching team, where he team said Alpha you Mail. showed us all how to do it at Team Alpha Male, which at the time was the weirdest thing because it's like, okay, you're accusing him of being on steroids, but you're also ex- admitting that he showed yeah. you how to do it. Now, I guess that doesn't mean that you did it. It just means okay, maybe you saw the lesson, but you didn't do it. it or was it could have just been somebody clip. talking. It could have been. I know. You know, like, but but so now do you put stock in that? Because I remember at the time, everybody's just like, whoa, that's bizarre. And now it's obviously come back to yeah. light. I mean, was Cody up there just telling the truth, or was he was he just I don't throwing know. barbs? I think if it was probably the truth, then why aren't we seeing any other failings from any any alpha male guys? Right. You oh, know, unless fair. it was just like somebody just talking shit. You know, I mean, I remember thinking at the time I was like, "Whoa, we're really seeing some behind <laughs> the scenes shit." But so awkward. Uh, why are we not seeing anything from any alpha male guys? So I can't think that it was like a rampant, like, oh, we're all doing it because we had the best coach in the world right. showing us, you know, like what what 
name one guy that's popped from there. Like Dillashaw was just the mastermind yeah, of all. Like they were so good, and he's been gone know? for so long. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting. I, I just that quote definitely came back to the surface. Yeah. It was it was awkward when it that's was right. said. I do it was I awkward do. now. <laughs> uh, I, I guess for for whatever reason, I mean, he says that he and his team, Dillashaw says he and his team are going to continue to investigate this. I guess my only advice, uh, not that TJ is listening and, and wanting advice, but I just in general, man, and I think this is honestly a pretty good life principle, but. Dude, if it turns out that you did get busted for something, just admit it. Just admit it. Yeah. Apologize and promise to get better. And man, I feel like when you do that, that people people like redemption stories, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you just go, Yeah, man, I screwed up. You know, I had never done it before. But you know, yeah. if it is a diuretic, you know, man, that weight cut, oh, I was so hard, but I wasn't gonna fail and I've never cheated before, but I just knew that I couldn't miss weight, you know. I think people go yeah, man, that sucks, but understand where you're coming from, bro. Now, if yeah. it turns out it's steroids, a tougher sell, but still, I mean, if you think if you just go, man, I, I never cheated before, but knowing that I was, you know, this was a chance at history, this was a chance to do something that had never been done before. People had gone up in weight, but nobody had ever gone down in weight, and I just, man, I, you know, I let I let the moment catch up with me. This was my moment to, to be a superstar and to take care of my family for the rest of my life, and I got caught up, and I and I, I think people go, all right, man. Like, I don't dig it, but I feel where you're coming from, and yeah. let's get you back in the fold, and let's prove prove that you're going to stay clean. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's just to me the biggest deal. For whatever reason, there is something here. I just hope that he'll say, hey, man, here's what it was, and and I own it, and I apologize, and I'm moving on. Yeah, but man, if it is a tainted thing, I mean, like seeing that, remembering that picture with all those things, how, where do you even begin? <sighs> Where do you even begin? Dude, and I think they it said it's it like... It was all the bottles of just one product. Maybe it was. And I want to say Nowitzki <laughs> said it's like a 1000 bucks to it's test like cheap. each one. So if he's taking like 20 different things, you're talking it's about not cheap. 20 Gs just to get it tested, which I guess in the scheme of a huge fight purse isn't that much, but it still sounds like a lot of money just to test Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody can think of, say, if it was 20 things they want to get tested, I'm sure there's a lot better uses of $20,000 you've been saving around for other things yeah, man. than to just have to be used to exonerate your name you know but um we'll see the story is definitely not over man i think that's yeah. one thing to remember it, it is innocent until proven guilty and that's what usada said in their statement they said hey remember presumption of innocence is important so that's why we're not you know all we're doing is commenting on what he said yes what he said is accurate and we're going to leave it at that yeah. for now so presumption of innocence is key but did you find that it was interesting that rather than and and I, maybe this is a sign of him being tj and being the an upstanding individual rather than drag the belt through the mud while this is going on and force the UFC's hand. He did what others don't normally do and say, all right, I get it. This is going on. Let me give up the belt right now. And, that is interesting because know, I, I, mean, I heard a lot of people say that. I heard a lot of people say, oh, he knows he messed up because he gave up the belt. But you're saying from a different point of view, which is funny because you're usually the pessimistic son of a gun. You said, hey, <laughs> pessimistic. Yeah, yeah. you're saying, hey, I, I like you know I like yeah. the fact that it's kind of a classy move to say hey right. you know what man let's put this bad boy back in circulation right. we'll figure it out on our own but to respect that of my fellow competitors right um, if that's the case you know I mean that is that is a classy gesture I guess to I say I'm so. not gonna hold I'm not gonna hold up the division right. uh, you know and what could take I mean I mean who knows I mean if anything it would be forced in the UFC's hand if it goes I mean and if it does get to the point of like you have to get multiple samples, tests, and all this other stuff, and it, if it wants to stretch out three, six, eight, nine months, then yeah. you're forcing the UFC to, to make it even worse and pull pull back, and the division's waiting. 
It's a, I think it's a good gesture. To, I mean, it, I can see where somebody's like, oh, he knows he's already guilty. Right. But That's you know, where I saw some speculation. But, you know, I mean, if he's And I'm also, sure the UFC probably told right. him, hey, you know what? While you get this figured out, TJ, sure would help us out a lot right. if you'd put that bad boy back. And, and we promise when you yep. come back, when you get this thing done, right back in there, why don't you let us use that belt in the meantime? Well, it's kind of weird. They, they kind of uh, – you know, even allowing him to go down to flyweight and to do it, he they were already kind of doing the favors, and he already kind of was putting the belt and the division on hold anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice in, in that way where he's like, all right, you did me a square. Let me do you all a square. Let me, let me fair. just That's fair. give this back right now because I already had the division waiting while I was trying to become a champ champ. You know, so I think it was a nice gesture. I think I'm not willing to look at it and say, "Oh, it's already an admission of guilt." I'm, I'm, I'm more into the of the of the thinking that rather than hold up the division, let me let me take care of my personal shit. You guys do whatever, and, yep. and I'll be right back at it. I dig know? it. I, so, I like the way of looking at that. All right, well, let's talk about that belt in the meantime. Now the big question is, what do you do with that belt? I actually wrote a piece about it, which was which was uh, I enjoyed writing. I don't usually get to write pieces like this, but I, I, I there was nobody else working. I was on early in the morning. I was like, I'm gonna write something like this. Uh, but I, 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 it was entitled "TJ Dillashaw gave up his belt, so who should fight for the UFC's bantamweight title?" Um, so if you didn't check on that, click it out. Or if you didn't click on that, check it out, and you can see kind of what, what my thoughts were. But I gotta say, I'm, I'm I'm really really torn. And by the way, I had some fun with it. I threw in some names like Peter Yan. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. Uh, you know, some different options out there. We thought outside the box and had some fun with it. But at the end of the day, I think it really, really boils down to a couple of options. And I'm kind of torn on it because I really think Henry Cejudo deserves the chance to fight for this title, right? Like, he was already going to get the rematch. I mean, he allowed TJ to come to him and, and chase history. And the idea was that he would go up and then chase history, you know, as reciprocating for what he allowed to do. So I'd re- I really think. Cejudo deserves the opportunity, but at the same time, I really want 125 to stick around. And I know a lot of people have already kind of given up on the division, but I haven't. You know, there's there's a couple flyweight fights this weekend. I mean, I want to see the flyweight division stick around. I'm hopeful that it can. So for that reason, I'd kind of like Henry Cejudo to go back down and fight at 125 pounds. Now, Marlon Marias definitely deserves to be at 135. He is the clear number one contender. His performances in the UFC have been phenomenal. Yes, he lost a split decision, but he has come back in phenomenal fashion, man. He absolutely – there's no way you can make a Bantamweight title fight without Marlon Marais in it. If you do, it's not a legitimate title fight. But then – so then it boils down to, to me, if you don't want to go Cejudo because you want him at 125, I like Aljamain Sterling – and I like Pedro Munoz. And I'm, I'm torn on those, man. I'm torn on those. So I think in a perfect scenario, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to see Cejudo go back down to 125. And I'd like to see Marias versus, I think, Aljamain. I think Aljamain. I know they just fought. And I know Aljamain knocked him out. But he's responded in fine fashion. And I kind of want to see them revisit that fight. Pedro Munoz, though, is like... You know, if it's if if Sterling is two A, then Pedro Munoz is two B. I think he deserves to be there as well. He, he definitely would deserve to be in a number one contender fight. Uh, but I think I'm leaning. I want to see Marias Aljamain. That would be a good fight. Yeah, I do like that. Um, I, for me, the the whole Henry thing and going up. I think that in my in my mind that was only tied with TJ. That was a reciprocating the fact of. You let TJ come down. 
I'm going to go back up. But I think once TJ got out of that, I don't, I don't feel – It's not as intriguing. It's not as intriguing, and I just don't feel that it's warranted. And didn't he say he was going to save the flyweight division? He wanted to save the flyweight. How can you I say you're going to save the flyweight division? Yeah. They'll be like, I mean, you know, eventually, but right now yeah. I'm going to bantamweight. Yeah, I, I, I think – and then all you're doing now is just holding up the division and giving the possibility – giving the UFC – the whole thing that where TJ came down, I think Henry put took that whole division, put on his shoulders like, screw you with your belt, coming to my division, trying to knock my division out – he, in the same sense, would be doing. He would be the same sort of thing if right. he's going up. He's realizing that's it. As the champ of flyweight, you're you're willing to leave that. You would literally be a hypocrite, yeah, right? You would be. You would literally be a hypocrite. <laughs> but I just felt that it was tied. I feel like it was really tied to TJ. I can see where the rematch. But after TJ was taken out of the equation, I just don't see Henry. I don't see the need for that. But um, Marlon, I agree, uh, has done enough to to get that. I like the Pedro Munoz though as well. Um, but I like Algeman. I think either one of those guys are great candidates uh, for it. Um, Aljo, that'd be that'd be a really really exciting fight. Yeah, man. Be a lot of good talking going into yeah. it as well. Probably more more shit talking in yeah. that matchup uh, than Pedro. Pedro doesn't shit talk. Yeah, Pedro will comment <laughs> you, compliment you on your on your impressive. <laughs> you see how role. well you look, you know. Um, but that would be a good fight, you know. But he's tough as he's tough as nails. Um, you see Pedro just like, ah, I'm excited for this fight because Marlon is a fine representative of our, of our native country, Brazil. Uh, he's, he's, his, his English is phenomenal. He's done it's a great so job great. of learning I a second language. He's, he's, he's a great cook, I've heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet he doesn't have any parking tickets at all. None. That's so great. Um, but yeah, he deserves I think there. there's definitely uh, – I, I definitely think it should be Marlon. I mean, hopefully they'll just make it nice and – clean and don't try to I guess they wouldn't have to do an interim since the bait the it's vacant. Yeah, no, at you this go straight point, into so it. You just go straight into the belt. So um I think that's great. I I would be happy with either one of those. So yeah, I guess in in the terms of what the fight week and what would be funner would probably be better if it was Marlon and Aljo. But yeah. I would be happy and with And I hate to say that because I like Pedro a lot, man. He's Pedro's always been great. Gr- he's always been great it. to I mean, us. And I remember telling like after that Garbrandt fight, you know, he just came up to say hello real quick and I was like, Bro, you keep doing that. You don't have to talk trash. They're gonna give you a title shot. So I kind of feel bad being like yeah. Hey man, it's coming, and then be like, "Yeah, but I'm not giving it to you." Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the other big news this week: UFC uh, signing a brand new deal with ESPN, extended through 2025, so it went from five years to seven years, and another <laughs> the key other component. deal is still brand new. <laughs> ta- I know, right? <laughs> Taking over the pay per view as well, and yeah, that's it, man. Who saw that coming, man? No one. Three months into a five year deal. They're completely redoing it, and uh, I mean, I guess bottom line is you have to feel that if that was the case, everybody involved on both sides of the deal must have loved what they were seeing so far to be willing to to, to look at extending it and redoing it. Um, I wonder. I you you think that it was, but I wonder if it was like one of those just weird things that behind the scenes, like we don't realize, like financials of a company, like ESPN. You never know when it comes to, and especially the other. They own Disney, or Disney owns them. Right. Um, Disney owns them. They could there could have been money that they needed to get off the table, that you know before it got either reallocated, and they were like, well, what's the best way, and what we can spin it, that we're expending the deal, but we have to get this money off the books. Let's expand this relationship well, here. All right. And, and yeah. since here here's the pessimistic guy, I like I don't know where all this optimism was while I go, but here's the pessimism I like. I will say this. The UFC had had some issues with DirecTV, right? They were they almost right. missed uh, their last one. They had to come out with that statement. Um, so yeah, may, maybe in some ways there was a little need based on the USC side as well. Maybe it wasn't that. all just 
kumbaya around the campfire. But yeah, I mean, I doubt ESPN was just like, you know, hey, we're so good. They're, I mean, for them to just be like, it's so good. Let's just, what more can you give us? You know, but you never know. I mean, I think, I think there was. I do feel like this was a positive thing, though. Oh, not no, a no, it's definitely, definitely a okay. positive thing. But I think also, I mean, I, 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 it seems like, but for them to move that much more money in, in a particular direction, I can see it was beneficial financially for probably both companies. UFC, I'm sure, needs it because UFC, as much as they're worth, you know, it's not like they have this endless cash flow of money. For the longest time, they've done business with loans and things of that sort that always kind of circulate and then that they money came due. got to get that due. 4 billion paid back. You know, they got to pay that 4 billion back, you know, and, and and that certainly helps but also too, you know, like with ESPN any other thing we 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 always joke about, you know, say your travel budget. If we know that money's there and that money's earmarked for something, it's not going to get spent differently. Right. So if ESPN knows they have a good possibility to maybe expand their business a little bit, get a little bit money off before it's reallocated elsewhere. It's interesting. Gain a little uh, you know, another Section. It's and I'm sure the UFC was more than happy with like, okay, well, why not? But we never. Heard, I mean, they didn't say any. Have we ever heard any numbers outside? No, and, of- and I was gonna say, and that's what's interesting because the financials of this one were not disclosed. Right. And I even asked um, off off camera. I'm like, you know, are we gonna hear the finances about this because it's not in the press release? The yeah. last press release, everybody was like, 300 million, five years, one point. Yeah. I mean, everybody knew the numbers. This time, they're not talking about the numbers. And what I gathered in talking to people kind of you know, behind the scenes was it's not just that, hey, we got this five-year deal and that, oh, by the way, year six and seven now got this huge balloon. No, 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 no. They went back and years one through five are, are now different financial terms as well. So right. Uh, you're right. So the money is not being discussed in this. Right. And I was told it will not be discussed. Now, I bet it's I, a lot better in ESPN's favor. I was going to say, I know Disney is uh, – or, or, yeah, Disney is publicly traded, right? So yeah. somewhere in a financial yeah. report that's available to stockholders, I guess, I guess it would be in there at some point. Maybe the, I mean, because it, it. But would I'm just sure be, you could just, just roll it overall, under. That's yeah. the thing. It would just be an overall expense, depending on how they they put it out there, because they wouldn't have to break down how each individual thing underneath. It's not the, it. it's not the entire P and L, basically yeah. I mean, line yeah, by line. We would never item. see anything it's along those lines. All right, well, listen, I, I I had some questions. Um, so I, I, I got you. Well, here, let me tell you how this went down. So similar to the John Jones situation, I basically uh, was laying in bed on my day off, and I got a call that was like, hey, can you come to the office? Uh, we got something to talk about. And I was like, what? I'm like, uh, uh, well, okay. I was planning on sleeping in and laying in bed all day, but all right, let's do it. So went to the to the, to the the USC corporate office uh, and had a chance to sit down real quickly with uh, USC President Dana White. I was presented with the information basically – right before I spoke to Dana, which was literally right before uh, the, the stuff went public. Uh, and I had a couple questions that came off the top of my head and kind of here's here's what I had is, is what you're going to hear. By the way, this video we did put up on, on YouTube, and so you might have seen some of it. But uh, if you didn't watch it all, uh, you know, then you'll definitely get to hear it. And if you did watch it, you'll get the uncut version here, which included Dana nearly dying from a coughing attack, which I obviously edited out in the... <laughs> video version what did you do but did here poison him yeah but here you'll get to hear the the coughing attack and and me getting a gatorade zero and admitting that i'm trying to drop a few pounds big news obviously moving everything over to espn plus now i'm just curious i mean there's a, a brand new deal is in place what, what prompted this i mean you guys were just three months into this partnership right. and, and and you're already inking a new deal so what prompted this down well that's how good it's been the deal has been so good um between both of us espn and the ufc and um you know, these guys got a chance to kick the tires, look under the hood, 
see what's going on here and they like what they saw. And obviously we delivered for them and uh, we extended the deal. Now we're completely aligned. Linear television on ESPN or ESPN2, ESPN Plus, and now pay-per-view. We're, we're completely aligned. It's a beautiful thing. It's going to be great for the fans, the fighters, us, and ESPN. We know the five-year deal, the numbers that were thrown out the first time around. Are, are, are the numbers being made public? What, what are years six and seven going to bring in in terms of revenue for the UFC? Yeah, it's a seven-year deal now, um, and the deal doesn't suck. It's a damn good deal. And, uh, but at the end of the day, what it's, what it's more about is how do you take this thing to the next level? How do you get to the next level? And if you look at the landscape out there right now, with the way cord cutting, real, numbers, dropping like rocks. So when you're in a position like we're in, you have to look and say, what is our best option? Where do we go from here? Well, we're completely aligned with, with ESPN and what they feel the future holds and, and you know where it's going. And we agree with everything that they're doing. So to be with these guys for the, for the next seven years, life is all about timing. Business is all about timing. It was the perfect place and the perfect time right now for us to be with ESPN. Is it concerning at all? Because you're right. Everything you're saying about cord cutting is right. I've done it recently, man. It's, I get it. But I think the thought process always used to be make sure your pay-per-view is available in as many places as possible so it's accessible to as many consumers as possible. Is it you know, kind of a, a risk it's here? No, to, it, it still is. It's, listen, if you have Netflix, you can get ESPN+. Plus. I mean, it's that, you know how many people have Netflix and Hulu and all these other devices? If you have them... You can get ESPN Plus. It's that easy, and that's where it's going. And and um, you know, uh, the timing is perfect. If, if if I had any other television deal right now, I'd be looking, going, "Oh my God, what's going to happen in the next five years?" Because if you look at how many subs are dropping year after year, not off different platforms from Direct TV to, to to cable to you know whatever's out there, they're dropping like rocks, and. Uh, we're ready for it. Do you know, is there like a section of the population that you just won't be able to reach now? I mean, I feel like everybody's got a, a pretty strong internet yeah, connection these days. Everybody's but, streaming. I mean, if yeah. you look at anybody in the way they're watching sports, my daughter plays volleyball, right? So when I go there, all the dads that are, that are there during NFL season are watching the games on their iPads or, you know, whatever's on that needs to be on. These guys are all streaming. Everybody's streaming. I mean, uh, these guys are 50 years old and they're streaming. The streaming is the future. Yeah. How does this affect pay-per-view revenue? I mean, is this, this – because that was a discussion point, right? It was trying to improve pay-per-view revenue. Is this a, a revenue split? There was never a discussion about improving pay-per-view well, revenue. Well, no, I mean, it's always a business Listen, goal, right? Everybody out there, first of all, the, the, there's always negativity in people talking about our business. Nobody knows anything about our business. They know nothing about our business. So you see this talk, 2017 was the worst year for the UFC. You know, the, Megan O'Leavy hit me with a bunch of uh, headlines after we sold the company. You know, why 2017 is the worst year? Not true. Um, Pay-per-view, uh, you know, pay-per-views are falling. Not true. Um, you know, uh, the list goes on and on of all this negativity about our business. None of it's true. The, you know, the, the business is obviously doing very well or we wouldn't be in the position that we're in right now. And, uh, you know, that's why I told you guys a million times, I block all this noise out. I don't listen to any of this stuff. You know what I mean? I'm going to listen to some guy who, who writes for a living, who's never built anything, has never, uh, nobody's ever depended on him for a paycheck for anything, and all these other things to tell me about my business. Um, 
this was the right move at the right time. And, and ESPN has been an incredible partner in just a short amount of time. I love the way that they run their company. Everything works together. Dot com works with TV. TV works with social media. Social media works with dot com. And, and then all the other businesses that they own work together. We're, we're going to blow this thing up. It's going to be massive. It is the future. You know, when you look at these younger kids, my kids are 16 and 17 years old. They don't even know what CBS, NBC, or any of these networks are. That's not their world. That's not where they live. These guys live online. They stream everything that they do. Um, they don't even know about, they know programs. They know what they want to watch and where they can find it. It's not about networks anymore. But ESPN has done a really good job of getting in with the young groups. My, my kids have the ESPN app. My kids stream on ESPN. You know, uh, they follow ESPN on social media. They're killing it. These guys are way ahead of the curve. They're, 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 they're literally beating everybody out there as far as networks are concerned with streaming. Are you able to say, though, how, how this works as far as, like, when somebody buys a pay-per-view, does 50% go to ESPN and 50% goes to the UFC? Or how so, does that work now? So these guys are going to – the other thing that's great for the fans is they're going to start bundling stuff, too. You know, very hard to do that in the old days because, you know, you had so many different players. Now we just have ESPN. And we're both aligned with, with our goals and what we want to do. So it's going to be so much better for the fans. Obviously, in the beginning, change is, is weird. Everybody hates change. But once we get dialed in, it's going to be amazing. I saw that. It... <coughs> Sorry, no, no change. worries. You want something? Uh... Gatorade would be nice. I think I got Gatorade. Yeah, that would be great. Zero, Thanks, zero. Oh, perfect. I didn't even know it. Didn't even know they made Gatorade zero. Yeah, zero. <laughs> it's fucking great, too, It's right? good. I like that. I'm, I'm finally trying to drop some LB, so this is a good one to have, man. I like it. Um, all right. I, was, I noticed in there. <coughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I'm <laughs> that it did say uh, may explore other potential packaging. I mean, the press release said that. So is, is this like some type of service where you pay a flat rate and you get everything. You know, fans have asked for that yeah, for a long time. I can't speak to it right now. They'll get more into that. You can ask ESPN. But yeah, their goal is to bundle this stuff and make it more affordable for the fans. Um, telling you, I mean, listen, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Every time I've made a new deal, it's been good for the fans. This, I'm telling you guys right here, right now, this is the best deal that we've had. It's a one-stop shop for everything UFC. Um, and the way that it works, too, is any new content. Think about this. We were restricted in the old days by whatever, you know, whatever else was on the network, whatever other content they had that they had obligations to. With streaming, they can put up anything. We can put up so much content. I'm creating new television shows for these guys. They get the first look at ESPN+. Plus. If they don't like it, then it goes on Fight Pass. So there's never been a better time to be a UFC fan. I was going to ask you, you mentioned Fight Pass. How does it impact Fight Pass? Does this minimize the importance of Fight Pass? Does Fight Pass remain a priority? What is Again, if you listen to everybody out there chirping, because of ESPN+, Plus, oh, what about Fight Pass? Fight Pass subscriptions have gone up because I think that the ESPN deal has created more awareness and the whole tide rises. ESPN Plus is doing really well and Fight Pass is doing really well, you know? And every time I come out and tell people, uh, like I said, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago, a year ago, I said how well we were doing, all the critics come out and start ripping us. I mean, when, 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 when will you stop doubting me? I, I, fucking 20 years now. 
right? When are you going to stop doubting me? Well, it's obviously excited. Give me an idea. I mean, what doors does this open? I mean, what, what do you think that this really the overall benefit besides, you know, just, I guess, being aligned with one partner? What do you think the overall benefit of this well, is? The benefits are you're on ESPN, the most powerful and best sports, uh, you know, programming on the planet. The, 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 the ability to build stars, the ability for more people to see the fights. I mean, if you flip around tonight, tonight, flip around on ESPN, I guarantee you we're on. You know, they're, they're airing a fight tonight on ESPN every night. So the awareness goes up for the fighters. The awareness goes up for the fights. The amount of promotion these guys do. When you were in London covering the fight, they had a four-minute piece on Till on SportsCenter that morning. And the list goes on and on. Um, these guys are going to help us build the sport and take it to another level, which is going to affect everybody. The brand, ESPN, uh, the fans, the fighters. It's amazing for everybody. All right, welcome back to the Rose Show. That was USC President Dana White. Um, all right, so hopefully a lot of the questions you had there got answered. Um, those were things that were obvious that kind of appealed to me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing I did ask about off camera as well, uh, we were kind of pressed for time there actually. Literally, uh, well, Kevin Ioli was talking to him first. Kevin Ioli did a huge long interview um, with USC President Dana White uh, for Yahoo. So if you want to see that, they, they touched on a number of subjects. Uh, I was slotted in. Uh, before he went to go basically make the announcement to the entire UFC staff as well. So they were like, uh, we've got like the whole company waiting outside for Dana. So if you could make sure this doesn't take too long, I'm like, no worries. I was like, let's just get to the meat and potatoes and see what we can get out. But one thing I did ask off camera was about the commercial side of this. Um, because, you know, with ESPN Plus or ESPN taking over the pay per views and with them being distributed via ESPN Plus, let's not forget there is still. No commercial component for ESPN+. Plus. I was told that as far as pay-per-views go, the UFC is retaining the right to distribute those. So you'll still be able to get your pay-per-views if you go to a Buffalo Wild Wings or a Hooters, wherever you watch it. Gotcha. You'll still be able to go do that. <clears throat> the interesting thing is there is still no residential deal for ESPN Plus as a whole, though. So uh, like fight nights and things like that will, will not air in commercial establishments. Now, You'll see highlights and you'll see all those things. So, um, anyway, I just thought that was an interesting component because I, I immediately I thought, man, what if what if you can't go watch it at your local Buffalo Wild Wings or your local Hooters, man? That's crazy. The other question that did come up because let's kind of talk about the the, the feelings as a whole because I do think this deal for the UFC is 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 brilliant for them, man. It's phenomenal, man. It, it, it makes their life a lot easier. Um, the money, as you said, was not disclosed, but the flexibility that they have now, because here is my understanding of reading between the lines, okay? And again, nobody's talking about this, but reading between the lines, nobody's giving exact quotes. But the bottom line is the, U uh, the ESPN is essentially paying for the pay-per-views up front, and then they're collecting the money on the back end. Now, right. I gather that there's still a split between the ESPN and UFC. Like, there, it's, not that the, it's not that the UFC is now like, ah, I don't care how the pay-per-views do anymore because I'm out. No, right. there's still some financial incentive for them to make them as successful as possible, sure. right? But there's now flexibility, right? Whereas before, take, for instance, Brazil, 237, uh, Namajunas and, and, and Andrade, right? Um, man, it's a great fight. I think we're all excited about that fight. It's phenomenal. 
but the women's strawweights are probably a lot like the men's flyweights and that they don't sell like millions and millions of pay-per-views. So before, the UFC would probably be a little bit scared. Now, you got Anderson Silva, you got Aldo on that card too, but that's a card that the UFC before would probably have been a little scared about and feel like they need to put a second title on it. Now they can be like, eh, it's a good card, it's good. You know, and I think they can... I think what they can do is kind of normalize the events a little bit. You know, instead of the pay-per-views having to be like... Three title fights. Exactly. <laughs> and then the next two weeks or three weeks of cards are just like barren. I don't think they have to do that anymore. So I think that... I could be wrong, but I, I, I think the way the finances work... I mean, obviously they don't want to deliver duds to ESPN. They don't want, to, right. they don't want ESPN to go, dude, what, what happened? I mean, and Connor's not going to be on a fight night when he comes back. That's not going to happen. But the UFC... Remembering that wholesale process a few years ago, that was in the financial thing, is that one of the challenges we have in this business is that everything is so up and down with pay-per-views. That's not the case anymore. So that's good. The UFC gets the money up front. I think ESPN gets a little bit more on the back. And don't forget this, and I had to look it up to remind myself, but I thought I remembered that ESPN, uh, they own the streaming service that they use. They bought a company called Bamtech back in 2017 before they launched ESPN+. So they own that company. So it's not right. like, you know, man, that pay-per-view model on, on, uh, on like cable where they split it 50-50 or 60-40, nah, dog, it's 100-0 now, yeah. which, which is incredible, right? The finances are good. And I think ultimately this will be good for the fans because – and I think Dave Shaw actually gave an interview to Aaron Bronstetter up at TSN. I haven't seen it yet because I was working all day today, but I saw a headline, and they had kind of hinted at this as well, but basically that – ESPN is going to set the price of these pay-per-views now, right? So I think they're going to eventually kind of implement a little bit of dynamic pricing where, like, if a car isn't that great, maybe go, well, this one's $39.99. You know, this one's, this one's, this one's $44.99. So I think they're going to be able to save some money here and there, and they're also going to be able to do bundle deals. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe this is a step towards moving to that model that fans have been asking about for years, right? Which is, let me pay one price, and and maybe it's a little bit more, but I save as a whole where I get everything. Let me pay one price and get everything. And I think this will be a step in the right direction. So, I'm from, from a UFC perspective, an ESPN perspective, a fan perspective, I think this is a win all the way around, right? The only thing that scares me is is that I wonder if the whole the 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 universe of eyeballs that are able to watch is going to shrink because that did stand out to me right away like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute in order for me to buy a pay per view I have to be an ESPN Plus subscriber right. and I like I mean what Dana that's said that's what I was going to say yeah. like that's a, even without that there scares being me a, a split, little bit man even without there being a split on the pay per view cut. They're already forcing their hand. They're already getting a piece of the pie just right there from the top where it's like, say they want to get the the, the pay $60, yeah. but to do that, you got to pay whatever, $6 or $5 or I think so it's a little cheap. bit different. Dude, it is so cheap, is so but, cheap, but, but it's a step. It's a process. That's like a ticket master fee. You can't just buy you know, uh, a concert ticket. You know, you got to pay the people that are Ooh, bringing it. There's some negative you, connotation you know? around a Ticketmaster. I know, fee, right? Bro. I know that sucks. It sucks. Nobody has ever liked it. But that, so to put, like, to use the phrase, you know, to put a pay, put it behind a paywall yeah. to get to have to pay for something, you know, is is very interesting because it just mean, it feels like they're nickel and diamond. So rather than lower the price to accommodate, you know, for people they're trying to. 
oh, well, buy this first thing. You'll get your your first year, and you're going to get a discount on I the thing. We're doing you a do favor. Like a year free. Because I think the bottom line is you just have to, you just has, have to have an account. I don't know that you have to have an active paid account. I don't know. We'll see. We haven't seen it. We'll see it in April with USC 236. I mean, don't you – anytime you try to log in, wouldn't it just say, renew your thing? <laughs> oh, that's right, because if you try know. to log in, that's right. It says renew your subscription. I, wonder, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I it just uh, – it's interesting. I would feel that the UFC then at some point would be like, okay, you know, they got to realize the numbers probably would drop on their typical pay-per-view because yeah. there are going to be some people that say – I just don't want to do ESPN Plus. There's no price point cheap enough for me to want to have to pay something even more on top of what we already think is an exorbitant price already. Scares me, man. And, now we're, and it should be noted that we're only talking about the United States. I mean, we're, yeah. the rest of the world, not affected. Not affected. But the United what, States. Is there, but it's a big deal. There's I mean, no other place. <laughs> There's something outside of here? That's the way it seems what now. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but no, you know, I mean, but it's funny because, right, like, I mean, I, I finally am a cord cutter. Yes, I'm 41 years old, and I probably should have done it sooner. Yeah. But, yes, I am a cord cutter. I, I, I And I, I like ESPN+, Plus. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I watch the 30 for 30s. They have a, a, a daily soccer show that I watch almost every night, man, because I, I, it's nice to be able to unplug from MMA for a little bit, and, and I like soccer, so they have yeah. a – ESPN FC, I think it's called. Plugging here right now. We got the NCAA tournament in the background See, here. Your street, there's there's lots of good content on there. Um, <laughs> Even though they tried to get me, they almost got me today. I wanted to watch uh, the NCAA wrestling tournaments are on, oh. but it's on ESPNU for the early ones, and I don't have ESPNU on my sling package, which would be an extra ten dollars a month. I was going to ask you if your Direct TV has it. But like in know. the evening, right oh, now I think it's so switched it's on over. ESPNU? That's good. Right now it's on ESPN. I think it's switching back over to the regular ESPN. But the the first early matches were on ESPNU. I gotta check. I which was an extra was an extra ad. So that kind of drives me crazy because I actually literally want to watch it. But besides wanting to watch the rest of them today, I can't remember the last time I wanted to put on ESPNU. So I didn't pull yeah, the trigger and pay ten dollars for a sports package at that point. Yeah, it's just to add another point. I'm like, well, what? so that's the thing. Is so what you know what Dana said is true. Like, listen, like, who, I mean, who doesn't have Netflix? And it does seem like everybody has Netflix. So if you if you have Netflix, yep. however you get Netflix, you can get ESPN Plus, and yep. that's true. But I, man, it's just one more step. It just scares me a little bit, man. I just feel like, you know, the idea. I, I mean. When you think back to like the 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 days of being pay per view only, and then you got on Spike, and you're like, "Man, dude, check it out. We're on cable TV, yeah, bro. Right? Like, <laughs> it's free. Anybody can tune in. It's free." And now you're on Fox. Now there's still going to be cards on ESPN. There's still going to be prelims on ESPN. So it's not like the entire package is going behind a paywall, right? There's still ESPN events. There's still ESPN prelims to pay per views. I mean, there is still fights that will be on ESPN, which is more <laughs> or less had, free. What? We've had one ESPN. Event we got two coming up this month. ESPN two. Everything's right, yeah, been pluses. Phillies two and Florida Everything's three. like pluses. Yeah, we're on like the sixth plus event right now. Well, so it scares me a little. And then you then you you add the DAZN news, right? Wow, the DAZN State news that came Marquette. out. Wow. What was that? Murray State spanked Marquette. Oh. It's basketball. Wow. It's that other world. Completely. I know. I know. I Might know. as well be talking about Girl Scouts again. <laughs> uh, Did I tell you the different grades? No. <laughs> Well, you couple that with the DAZN news. I'm sure you saw the DAZN news today as well, um, going from 9.99 a month to 19.99 a month, unless you subscribe for a year. If you subscribe for a year, you still get that 9.99 price. In fact, I think it's even a little bit less than 9.99. It is because it's a uh, 99 for a year. 
Right. So 99 so divided by math. 12 is <laughs> it's 8 <less>. something. Yeah, <laughs> 8 something. It's less than 999. I didn't do the full math, but I knew it was less than 999. But, you know, I thought, you know, I thought I, I saw Dave Meltzer's piece on this uh, on MMA fighting that basically explained the logic. It was obviously a talk to the people behind the scenes. And it did make a lot of sense that, like, listen, we have people that watch all the time. And for those people that we know they'll be willing to pay the 99 bucks. Right. We also have people that tune in to watch one fight and then cancel. And what we're trying to do is reward the people that watch all the time and the people that are looking at as essentially as a pay-per-view. We'll charge them 19.99, which is still cheaper than 60 bucks or 75 or 99. I mean boxing pay-per-views get expensive, right? So and their you know their whole thing has always been about value, about, you know, we're blowing away the pay-per-view model. And if they're allowing you to buy a pay-per-view for 19.99 or essentially buy a pay-per-view for 19.99, I still think they're delivering on their message. I still think they're delivering on their concept. So I don't think as as jarring as that initially sounds for them to raise the price. I think when you really break it down, it's not that bad. Um, but again, so much MMA behind a paywall, dude. Like yeah. so much MMA behind a paywall. And I get that MMA is never going to be the NFL. I get that MMA is never going to be Major League Baseball, at least in the United States. Mouth. Yeah, at least in the United States. Around the world, I'm sure more people <laughs> watch the UFC than Major League Baseball. But um, yeah, that's one of those sports I hear people every once in a while. They're like, I just don't get your baseball. Oh, yeah. I just don't get your baseball. It is pretty funny. Trying to explain baseball, like it's like we grow yeah. up with it. It's so simple, but trying to explain it is like impossible. Anyway, yeah. uh, but so I don't know, man. I, I still feel like MMA should be in a growth mode. And I'm not saying that it's not because being on ESPN – it's yeah. amazing, man. We just talked about the production value they have, the value of being on Sports Center all the time, the value of being on those first take or whatever all their morning shows are, man. There's real value there. But dude, I just do feel like this is a risk. And and I mean, it didn't even Dana used to say like, man, you know that's how they ruin boxing. They put it all behind on pay-per-view. They put it all on pay-per-view. And and granted, this is, you know, less pay-per-view, but I, man, I'm just scared. Like, is this going to be a like? Are we going to look back in six years, seven years, when this deal is over, and be like, that might have been a, a a calculated error in terms of long term growth? I mean, financially, it makes all the sense in the world for yeah. everybody, but did it did it hamper the sport for a period? And and I don't know. I'm not saying it will. I'm not trying yeah. to shit on this deal, but it's just the one thing I'm worried. Like, oh my gosh, are less people going to have access to this or be willing to want to watch it? I still feel it's definitely going to be on the the positive side of things. I think that with the overall exposure, having openness to the being tied to the ESPN name, uh, I definitely think it's probably it's got to be a good thing. I think just let alone the people that are talking about it, but it's funny. I bet you know they just there's just so much sports on ESPN that you know unfortunately we're now. You know, I was, when I was flipping through earlier on the ESPN app, you know, you're flipping down and you're seeing lacrosse, wrestling, tennis. There's just so much sports. And I'm sure there's probably people that play lacrosse who are like, oh, wait till the the numbers we're going to reach now that we're on ESPN, that ESPN shows us. And still not a lot of people watching. <laughs> you know, you got the diehards. But I, I think it's definitely it's going to be a good thing. I, th- I definitely think it'll be a good thing. I just think uh, – you know, when you're putting it, making it to where you have to pay things and you're forcing people to, to pull out their wallets for something different, that initial change can be tough for some people sometimes. But uh, overall, I think it's got to be a good thing. Being on ESPN um, is definitely, 
I think, a good thing. I mean, I know now there's probably a lot more likelihood that my family will talk about it more, but I also think my family's not the ones that they're not going to go out and buy ESPN+. Plus. You know, when it's on the ESPN, I'm sure they're going to watch it and talk about it or whatever, but I think now that it's on ESPN, maybe you're going to have maybe uh, more coverage of local that news. Pause. That's definitely you know? a positive. You're yeah. not, you definitely – you definitely can't like minimize the value of that, the impact yeah. of that. So, all right. Uh, well, listen. Let's talk about these cards. We're not at these cards, but let's let's talk about them real quick. You want to start with? Uh, I guess start with the UFC. Yeah. All right. Well, wait. Bellator's on Friday. Let's start with Bellator. Bellator is first. Bellator, not the uh, not the deepest card that they've ever had. They lost some fights along the way. Um, I mean, you know when you've got uh, a one and one Will Levine versus a three and zero Norbert Novini on the uh, on the main card, you know that they've had to do some shuffling around. I mean, even the main event itself was shuffled around. Emmanuel Sanchez versus Georgie Karakanian. Uh Valentin Moldowski is is a bit of a prospect versus Linton Vassell looking like a. I don't know if you saw the weigh-ins today. He, I know you were buried. I, did, I didn't see. Oh my god, he looks like a a, a beast at heavyweight, man. So I'm, I'm I'm intriguing that Gerald Harris is is a, a good dude, man. I've always loved Gerald Harris uh, facing uh, Anatoly Tokov, which a uh, tough fight a there. Fight. Yeah, and Gerald, I love Gerald talking to Matt Erickson. He said, "I know I'm outclassed on paper. I know I'm, I, I know I'm not supposed to be the guy, but I'm still in this." So you know, this card, I, I think Bellator would be willing to admit that it's not their greatest effort, um, but they it just seemed like they kept getting hit by the uh, the injury bug over and over and little things happened. There was a car wreck involved in, in wrecking one of their uh, one of their fights. So uh, a tough a tough effort. I will say one thing I was really disappointed. Christian Edwards, who's a guy that is uh, making his professional debut under the USC banner or under the Bellator banner I should say uh, you know, one of these guys that they invested in early. They found an amateur. You know, they 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 uh, you know believe that they can do something big. Uh, and he trains with John Jones. He's a John Jones protege, basically. He's, he spent a lot of times with John Jones. He lost his fight, though, man. The guy it was a, it was a 205 pound fight. And the official word is that the guy showed up more than five pounds overweight. Which I guess in Oklahoma, if you're more than five pounds overweight, <laughs> they, they just disclose. They don't even let you weigh in. Uh, but uh, uh, sources on the ground, uh, <laughs> if we haven't made it clear, well, no, let's just say Matt Erickson heard from people that it may have been something like twenty pounds overweight. That's fucking crazy. That's just I stopped cutting weight at the beginning of the week, gave up. <laughs> exactly. You know that's crazy. So I'm looking at the card real quick. So uh, Anatoly's brother is fighting with him. He's on the, the second fight down. I assume it's his brother, Vladimir. Uh, I didn't know that. Vladimir Tokov. I, I do not know if that's his brother, to be honest it's with you. It's, it shows them both fighting out of the same place. Maybe it's a cousin? I mean, if it's shown coming out of the same place in Russia. Is that right? That's got to be related, right? I, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I, well, granted, this is the first time I'm looking that far down on the card. <laughs> But yeah, I might have to. I might have to look that up. I assume. I assume that's some brothers. All right, I, I gotta admit, I, I I really don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to check into that. But I do want to share something with you. But behind the scenes here, I've kind of been uh, uh, trying to work, trying to multitask, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and as we sat down to record this on a Thursday night, as we always do, uh, an email came out from the Nevada State Athletic Commission that Pedro Munoz, who of course we were talking about earlier, does he deserve a shot? Uh, Pedro Munoz is on a hearing next week for the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Now, it's it's just a hearing on his temporary suspension, so it means that um, 
we might not have a resolution. It might just be, you know, that's that kind of administrative step basically to, to suspend a guy a little bit longer. Um, and immediately, of course, we've been talking about drug tests and stuff as well. Right, right. Say, oh, oh no, did Pedro Munoz pop positive? So we start texting and making some moves behind the scenes. Uh, and I guess the good news is, uh, no, he did not pop positive for anything. Thank goodness. The Nevada State Athletic Commission is actually going to take a look at uh, the fact that he jumped over the cage at UFC 235 uh, after his big win over Cody Garbrandt, um, and, and they're going to have a hearing on it and, you know, Probably give a little slap on the wrist more than anything else, but I guess um, you know this is something that the commission is going to be taking a closer look at. Now, it's not a new rule; it's always been a rule. I mean, that's right. why people always go up and you see commission reps telling them to get off. Uh, but uh, you know, hearing from some people behind the scenes, they are they are definitely going to be taking a look at it. Uh, you know, and it's with fighter safety involved, but it's with crowd safety involved more than anything. I think, yes. The Connor Habib thing uh, escalated. I think probably everybody's attention to this, but this is not a new rule because of that. So, um, interesting. Yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, at least it's for something like that, not something worse. But I know it's weird. It's like on the one hand, you're like, <laughs> well, it's it's you know, it's something to talk about. It's also very relieving because I thought it was going to be a drug thing, and I didn't want to see that with Pedro. Yeah, that would have sucked. That would have uh, sucked. But in that moment, while you were just explaining that, I yeah. did look it up, and Vladimir uh, is in fact according to a SureDog article that I happened to Google, is the younger brother of Anatoly Tokov. How about that? So good for him, making, his, making his little debut. So that's cool, a little, little something-something going on there. But, uh, but yeah, back to Pedro. Uh, that's awesome that it's not something uh, more pressing or, or downfall. You know, uh, I get it with the, the cage thing. I mean, you're right. Every time they get up there and they send the cage, you see a guy grab him. I get it, but... Uh, you know they've they've been letting that one slide for so long. It's going to be interesting that that now they're finally decided enough's enough. Let's start policing it. So I just I, hope they don't go too crazy with it. It's it's one thing if you go over the the cage and put your hands in a in a person's face and then doing something in an aggressive manner. And it's a whole other thing when you're going over and you're talking to your boss. Yeah. And like, hey, you saw you saw my performance. You know that was great, wasn't it? Let's do something. You know, I think there's hopefully there's some different line. I hope it's not the the same. You go over and it's this automatically. I hope that they they take it as a case by case basis. I have so. heard, and I don't think this necessarily applies to the UFC level or Bellator level, or anything like that, but I have heard that uh, one of the spirits of the rules, basically, the, of why that was implemented or why that's a concern, is also the structural integrity of the cage. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would. <laughs> I've fall waited apart. for that to, to, to. I know you would think that it wouldn't, because yeah. It, it, but, but you, a re, like a, a smaller regional show that maybe somebody yeah. that's not quite as knowledgeable, and then all of a sudden. Now maybe, not maybe only not are you so talking about materials. That's it. Now not only are you talking about athlete safety, but now you're talking about like all the people that paid. You know, is the card over at that point? Do all these athletes now not get paid? Yeah. Do the people want refunds? So I've I've heard that the structural integrity of the cage has always been a, a, a kind of a spirit of why that rule was written as well. So Makes fire sense. safety, crowd safety, and structural integrity of the cage. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't thought once? Like somewhere in the back of your mind, when you've seen somebody get in the cage, you're like because you, you see some, especially when you see some of the big guys. Oh yeah. I think your first thoughts is like, "Wow, I can't believe he got that high up." But then you're like, "Whoa!" You like you think in the back of the mind, like one day it could go. I remember watching like uh, Roy get up there and, and see some of these big guys straddling that cage. You thinking like, "Wow, that's just that's just a bad physics project about to happen." You know. <laughs> What is the breaking point when you put that much mass and force swinging on top of uh, of that cage? But uh, oh, that's funny. 
But yeah, that's good. That's oh. it. Could have been worse. It could have right. been worse. Matt Erickson will have full coverage from out at Bellator 218. I kind of feel like, uh, and you tell me, does it feel like you've been on site in Nashville, Tennessee this week? <laughs> I mean, you've been doing all the video editing. You've been you've been doing everything. So I mean, you've gotten to see the interviews. You've gotten to hear things. I mean, this card, it's not star studded. It's a it's an interesting main event. Uh, of course, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Anthony Showtime Pettis could be a lot of fun. I mean, if this plays out like these guys could play out. It could be yeah. fireworks and fun. It may not. We know that a fight's a fight and anything could happen. But when you think in your head of those guys' highlight reels and you put those two highlight reels together, yeah. it could be phenomenal. Now, that's not the way things always work out. <laughs> Sometimes um, it's a lot of feeling around and a lot of yeah. moving around. But, yeah, when it comes to what both of those guys are able to do on their good days, it's some amazing stuff. Yep. So. Yeah, we, we I definitely hope that we get to see both amazing things. I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know necessarily what it means for both guys. I mean, Wonderboy did uh, tell Mike Bond, he was like, listen, I, you know, the fact that we have a new champ helps me out a lot. Like, I feel like I'm re-energized yeah. as far as the title picture goes. He knew yeah. that nobody wanted to see him fight Woodley again. Uh, so the fact there's a new champ, it, it makes him excited. Anthony Pettis, uh, you know, told me a few weeks back that, you know, this is not a one-off for him. He does see a future at welterweight potential. Not always. He said he can still do both. So, um, interested to see there. Curtis Blades, Justin Willis, the heavyweights. That's a, a meaningful uh, ma- uh, co-main event there in the heavyweight division. Uh, Justin Willis, the guy on the rise who, man, full of personality. And I think he's a polarizing guy as well. I think some oh, people Big love pretty. him and some people hate him. But Big Pretty don't care, man. Big Pretty <laughs> is going to Big Pretty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's talking about, uh, you know, being the next heavyweight champion. And then you got Curtis Blades who – uh, definitely not the the outspoken guy that Justin Willis is, but uh, certainly a, a very capable fighter as well that a lot of people are high on. He's had some setbacks, of course. He's uh, basically just doesn't uh, ever want to fight Francis Ngannou again. I guess is basically what it boils down to. It is as long he's uh, he's ten in Francis Ngannou in his career. I think is how he stands. <laughs> so uh, you know, I think that's a very interesting clash there at uh, at heavyweight now. You know, outside of the card, you know, I, I could see people, ah, what am I watching for on here? But uh, Devastin Figurado versus Juicy Formiga is a really, really big flyweight yeah. fight. It's meaningful in the division. It's impactful in the division. An undefeated guy versus a guy that's been around forever in Formiga. Now, we don't know what the future of the, of the, of the flyweight division necessarily is, but um, this is a key matchup as long as it's there. You got the violent Bob Ross on there. You got to love him. You get Steven Ocho Peterson, J.J. Aldridge versus Macy Barber. So uh, those are the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm most looking forward to. McDessey versus Jesus Pinedo, that's there as well. And I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to that, but the undefeated flyweights uh, uh, against Juicy Formiga, I like that. Violent Bob Ross coming back against Ocho Peterson, Macy Barber versus J.J. Aldridge. I'm really keyed up on all that. So, you know, yeah, those are great fights. Uh, no disrespect to McDessie and Pinedo, but I guess I'm, I'm, I'm keenly – and McDessie and Pinedo could be fireworks. Like, it could be a violent ending as well, but I'm, I'm more interested, I think, in career arcs and, cra- and career trajectories um, in those other fights, whereas McDessie and Pinedo, I think those two guys – are just guys that like to go out and, and bang and have fun. Yeah, it's true. I really, I'm really looking forward to the Aldrich Barber fight. I think I'm the only person on our on our staff that pick Aldrich. Did you pick dude? Aldrich I is did. legit. That's man. I think She's so legit. as well. I mean, I, I I mean Barber is good. I feel like Barber is going to be so much better at one particular point. But I think at this point in time, 
I think Aldrich and her toughness, and she just pulls things out when you don't think she's going to do it. And that's why I lean towards her. In the most unassuming little package as well, right? She's like the small little thing, but she is like as tough as nails. And I I just dig her. pale and quiet. (laughs) You know what I mean? I dig her fighting style. But she is gritty, man. But but I'm high on Barbara, man. I'm high on Barbara. I just feel like she's still still got a a little bit to go. She's a kid. She is. That's what what I feel like. Uh, Aldrich looks like a kid, but Barbara really looks like a kid. Um, But I think everybody at that point, everybody's just looking like a kid to me now because I'm getting older. (laughs) But, uh, no, that's a good one. I think that'll be a kid. She's 37, John. (laughs) (laughs) That'll definitely answer some questions as for where Barbara's at in this this point, and I think both of them are happy to be fighting at the weight that they're doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean that main card is that's, that's I dig good. It. The I, main card saw Thug Nasty it. on the prelims. I'm yep. definitely excited about him. No disrespect to Bobby Moffat, who's a great fighter as well. But I, but yep. I, I'm a, I've I've been on the Thug Nasty train for quite yep. some time now. I'm a fan. Thank you first, Frankie. <laughs> Frankie. <laughs> Frankie Signs versus Chito Vera. Uh, I like those guys as well. Yep. Frankie Signs just a nice, quiet, little, hardworking dude that'll come out to bang. Meanwhile, Chito Vera, gotta love yep. him, man. His personality is great. Alexis Davis, Jennifer Maya, that's a that's a meaningful fight in that division as well. Angela Hill versus Random Marcos. I that know fight's awesome. They don't have the best career records to date, man, but I like both of those fighters. I love I love them both. I mean, I think that I mean one. I mean they're they're. They fight tough as nails. They're not hard to look at. They have great personalities. I, Angela Hill, I mean, she, she's phenomenal. If you don't follow her on social media, I, I don't think I actually follow her, but I do f- look at her right. her, her site. Uh, she's hilarious. I mean, like, she is so damn funny. She's actually pretty insightful. I've seen her do some uh, stuff from, like, post-fight nights. I've watched her go out and uh, do some interviews with guys and break down some fights. I've oh, seen she can break down a fight. Finally, like, she knows her shit. So uh, I love watching her fight. I mean, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that fight. And Alexis Davis, man, I'm good to good to see her back in there and uh, doing some things. So, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good card. Uh, it starts out with Chris Gutierrez, Ryan McDonald, Jordan Espinosa versus Eric Shelton. Eric Shelton's a guy I like. He hasn't had the uh, all results go his way, but he's a guy that's always struck me as a, as a talented fighter. So It's a uh, good card. It is a good card. And it's on ESPN+. Plus. That means the pacing is good. The main card starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. So, you know, I, I do appreciate the earlier nights that the UFC is providing us this year. Um, it's good. So, all right, well, listen uh, – I've actually got to go to uh, my son's practice. So yes. we, we got to sit down and enjoy a, an afternoon. Hopefully the fine folks at Extreme Couture won't mind if I walk in with a slight frosty beverage or two on my breath. You know, yeah. I won't be talking to anybody. I'll just <laughs> just I'll, get back in the back corner. The back corner. Sit in God, the back I corner. horrible. I went and had beers and now I'm going to my kid's practice. That Wait, sounds so granted, awful. you had, like, they're, they're very, very small. I did, yeah, small I did, little PBRs. Didn't have a, didn't have a ton of them. It wasn't the big PBRs. No. Then, 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 totally then you have to make sure you're way more responsible than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so don't judge me. And if you don't judge me, I'll tell you this. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.